Hiya, and welcome to the brand new Tribe Geeks podcast, episode number one. I'm Steve Haradine, and in this episode, we're going to be breaking down exactly how to get laser focused on your niche and your message so you can attract more people to you and make more sales. Let's do this. You're listening to the Tribe Geeks podcast, brought to you by tribegeeksacademy.com. This podcast was created for just one reason, to help you to improve your organic marketing skills and leverage the power of Facebook to generate more leads, more sales, and more impact with your online business. We've been using Facebook groups and organic marketing methods to build our business and work from home for more than nine years now, and we've picked up a trick or two. Join us on our journey as we share what's worked for us, what hasn't, and how you can use that to build an audience of raving fans and buyers for your business with your host, Steve Haradine. Now, it's argued that one of the greatest copywriters that ever lived, certainly one of the highest paid, was a chap called Gary Halbert. Now, something Gary would do is he challenges students by asking them, if you and I both owned a hamburger stand and we were in a contest to see who would sell the most hamburgers, what advantages would you most like to have on your site? Now, when he asked this question, of course, he got varying answers about what his students thought they'd need to outsell him in the burger industry. Um, you know, people would give answers like, I want the best beef, or I want the freshest ingredients, that kind of thing. The best location obviously seemed like a winner as well. But then Gary would basically checkmate all of them by saying that the one advantage that he'd want is a starving crowd. And it makes total sense because after all, if you think about it, you'd be hard pressed to get somebody who's feeling full up to pay even half price for a meal that they know that they love to eat. But if someone's hungry, they'll happily pay for something that stops their belly rumbling, even if it's overpriced, you know, even if it's not that healthy for them, or even if it's not particularly fresh. And that's because they have a need. They've got a problem that they need to solve and they need to solve it now. And that problem is that they're hungry. Okay, so the problem that we're going to look to solve with this particular episode is that most people promoting a business online are doing the equivalent of worrying about how tasty their burger looks without giving more than a passing thought for how to find their own starving crowd. Now, helping people to get clear on their niche and their messaging as well as identifying their ideal target audience, has become something of a speciality of mine, as I've hosted hundreds of deep dive coaching sessions lasting many, many hours that cover exactly how to do this. So let's dig in and break down how you can get totally clear on how to attract your own ravenous tribe and give yourself the best chance of success. So let's just consider for a minute what we should focus on first. Should it be the product or should it be the problem? Now, I'm sorry to start with a negative, but if you've gone all in with selling a product and you're leading with the product benefits and you're not focusing on the problem or problems that your market need help solving, then you're going to have to play a little bit of catch up, I'm afraid. And the reason that I say this is because 90 plus percent of home business owners typically see a product that they think people will want to buy, right? Because they liked it themselves. 
And they just get to work telling everyone why they liked it without really asking themselves who else specifically needs this thing? Like who needs this product? What does it actually do? You know, very few people approach it from the perspective of, you know, what big problem are people likely to pay me to solve for them? And here's the night and day difference between most of the people that are product centric versus those that are problem centric. You know, if you are someone who's passionate about a product, what they do, they'll usually go straight to talking about the product and not so much about why you need it. Now, the product itself might be awesome, might be brilliant, right? But if you're pitching it to people who don't have the problem that your product solves to begin with, or you just suck explaining what that problem is and why it needs to be solved, you're probably going to struggle. But when you are someone who's passionate about solving a big problem for people, they'll explain the concept around how most people are doing things a certain way that's keeping them stuck and how they can show people a better way to do the thing they want to do. Their messaging is then based on a powerful concept and not just a quick sales pitch. And the reason that this is such a powerful difference is because people buy into concepts. And this is known in marketing vernacular as your big idea. Okay, now the most powerful movements of our time were built around big ideas. Whole civilizations march to them. Um, the power of a big idea can and probably has changed your life. The only thing is, it probably wasn't your big idea. Well, not yet, anyway. Incidentally, um, as a side note, if you ever apply to do a TED or a TEDx talk, um, they'll basically ask you to answer three questions. And that's how powerful this is. And the first one is, what is your big idea worth sharing? And that's what I want you to think about as you go through this particular episode of, of this podcast. What is your big idea worth sharing? And then they'll ask, what are you helping people to do? What is your USP or your unique selling point? And the third thing they'll ask is, what are the most relevant things that you've done recently? Big questions, not terribly easy to answer, but I definitely want you to think about that as you listen to the material. Now, I'm pretty sure it was Russell Brunson who was one of the founders of ClickFunnels, which is a huge company. If you've never heard of them, go away and look them up. Um, but basically, Russell Brunson defined marketing as the breaking down of a false belief that your market has about a subject and rebuilding that belief in a way that supports your cause, something that you want them to go ahead and do. Anyway, something along those lines. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. And to illustrate that point, here's Russell's big idea that he used to promote ClickFunnels. He would say, you know what? Websites are dead. And if you're still using a website to try to make sales for your business, then your business is as good as dead too. It's quite a bold claim. Um, but what he would go on to say then is that websites don't actually work anymore because they place too many obstacles and distractions in the way of the sale. But what you need is a sales funnel. Okay, sales funnels remove all of the distraction and they leave people right to the offer. And not only that, but you can stack your offers one on top of the other. Now, in order to build a sales funnel, you need ClickFunnels. And that's the software that 
Russell just happened to be a part of. Okay, so do you see how he would use that that little formula to rewire the belief from I need a website to no, actually I need a funnel. And once people are on board with that concept, the next logical step for them is to go ahead and buy click funnels. And of course they would, and Russell's now getting paid like never before. Okay. Now again, I've probably really kind of butchered that um, that analogy, but it's not exactly how we laid it out, but you get the point. Russell knew that a big problem people wanted solved is the ability to build sales funnels that would convert better than dusty old websites. So he created a solution and he put it squarely in the laps of his starving crowd, which is the online entrepreneur who hates building complicated websites and just wants to go ahead and sell more stuff, right? AKA you and me, I'm sure. So did it work? Was it a gamble? Did it work? Well, if you want to take Russell to lunch for an hour now, you've got to pay him $10,000 and you have to go to his hometown of Boise in Idaho to do it. And I'm sure you've got to pick up the tab for lunch too. Basically, you know what? He's a big shot now, right? It's definitely paid off for him. So what about you? Do you have your big idea? And if not, let's get to work figuring out what that's going to be. So let me lay out this scenario for you. Let's say that a law was passed tomorrow that stated that you could only get paid after you'd actually help someone get a result with something. Because ultimately, our job as entrepreneurs is to solve problems and to get people results. So what would that result be? In other words, what do you actually help people to do? And remember, you, you actually have to get them a result that helps them in some way Otherwise, there's no payday for you, right? You've got to get them that result first before you get paid. So to help figure this out, here are a few broad strokes of what actually makes people buy stuff. Right? We all have these little triggers that make us go and buy stuff. Here are the main ones. Now ask yourself, do you help people either make money, save money, save time? Do you make their life easier or simpler? Do you elevate their social status? Do you remove an emotional or a physical pain? Or do you move somebody toward pleasure? In other words, do you sell something that they're going to buy on impulse? Do you offer the impulse buy? Now, I refer to this as the broad strokes because, believe it or not, just about everything any online entrepreneur does fits into one of these categories. You might be thinking, well, how? How does that work? Well, let's just dig a little bit deeper. You see, there's a concept that I first heard of from a guy called Don Miller of StoryBrand, and it's something that we all need to consider when we are trying to nail down our niche and our messaging. And Don says that there are two levels of what's going on when someone's thinking about buying something that they need. In fact, if you've ever read his book, you'll be sort of telling me, yeah, there's three, but let's just focus on the first two for now. Okay, so firstly, there's the external issue. Now, this might be someone basically telling themselves that they've got to go and buy a new lawnmower, let's say, because their grass is getting too long. Okay, pretty simple thing. Got to go and buy a new mower, need to mow the grass. But then there's the internal issue. Now, this is the voice that's going off inside their head saying something like, you know, my neighbours must think I am an absolute slob for letting my grass get this bad. If I don't want to be seen as the street slob, 
I'd better do something about it and I better do it pretty quick. So by buying a lawnmower and cutting their grass, they're actually elevating their social status and feeling like they're a valuable and upstanding part of their community. So there's always a reason why people will look to buy your product or service. And our job as marketers is to understand exactly what that reason is and to promote our product or our service as the solution. So as you're listening to this podcast, I would ask you to be thinking about what category your offer fits into. You know, what do you actually do for people? You see, for us, we're firmly placed in the make money category because by offering our Tribe Geeks Academy membership, everything we do in there is geared around helping our members to earn more money. I mean, sure, we might talk about engagement or growing your tribe, but ultimately it's all leading to earning more money and having more freedom. Now, if you're in the weight loss niche, what you're actually doing is helping someone to get out of physical or psychological pain. And again, let's use that internal and external approach just to illustrate that for a second. See, externally, somebody might be saying to themselves, and I do put my hand up to this, but we might be saying to ourselves, you know what, I really need to get in shape. And, you know, if you're product centric, if you're all around the product, what you might be thinking is that you just going and recommending your new diet supplement would be enough to get them whipping out their credit card and giving you money. But there are a million diet supplements out there already. The market is absolutely flooded with them. And Honestly, 99% of them never actually address the internal issues that someone's having. You see, internally, somebody is probably, probably saying to themselves, you know what, if I don't get in shape, I'm worried that I'm taking years off of my life. Or, you know, I can't be seen looking the way I look, particularly if they've got something like a party or something to go to. They might be saying to themselves, I can't be seen looking like this in front of all the people that I know. You know, my outfit doesn't even fit me. Or I'm sick of struggling up just a simple flight of stairs and, you know, getting breathless. Shouldn't be doing that. I'm far too young for this. Or I really want to be able to play with my kids without nearly dying. Um, you know, sometimes that's how we feel. Or the grandkids, I know I get that myself. When my grandkids come over, they're active, right? They want you to play. They want you to run around and they're exhausting. Trust me. So this is the sort of stuff that's going on in real world situations. And, you know, it goes on and on. The list is absolutely endless. But these are all huge pain points that are problems that your target market probably has that makes a proposition far more powerful when we talk about what's going on internally. So when I Earlier on, posed the question, what do you actually do for people? What result do you go ahead and actually get them? Let's again use weight loss as an example, because I know a lot of people hearing this will relate to that niche. So option A, you could say, I promote an amazing supplement that helps you lose weight, and it's got the right amount of protein, carbohydrates, and essential micronutrients. And yes, I I'll be honest, I pinched that off of a website of one of the biggest weight loss nutrition companies out there. That's directly from their website, and that's how it reads. Or option B, you could say something like, I help struggling busy mums get back to their pre-baby weight. 
And here's the magic ingredient. This is what you can do to make this so much more powerful. I want you to add so they can to that sentence. So you would say, I help struggling busy mums get back to their pre-baby weight so they can keep up with the kids and still have their partner look at them that way. <laughs> or so they can enjoy their kids while they're still young and build great memories. Or so they can be super mum to their kids and still get everything else done. Whatever you feel makes the most compelling message for your audience. The thing is, by digging that bit deeper into what we actually do, we're able to turn things into a concept and a powerful message. And powerful messages build followings. You know, nobody's going to champion you and see you as the go-to person because you went out and you said things like, feel better, look better, and live better with our range of healthy weight solutions. Our weight loss and weight management products are underpinned by science, tailored to help you to reach your goals and reap the benefits of a balanced nutrition. And again, I'm probably going to get killed, right? Because I lifted that literally straight from a huge nutrition company website. Those are the actual words on their website. But instead, if you go to your market and say something like, look, your kids are only young ones, and I believe it's something mums everywhere will regret forever if they're not able to get the best out of those once-in-a-lifetime years over something as manageable as shedding some weight and getting in shape. And that's where I come in. Now you've got a concept, right? Now you've got a concept and a message that mums everywhere can get behind. Now, your big idea could be that there are a million diet supplements out there People aren't out of shape and unfit because they need more supplements, right? They're out of shape because they don't have the secret sauce that you bring to the table. You know, your XYZ system for success. That's the big idea. And now you've got a ton of content that you can create around your message. You know, your story of how you did things when your kids were small and how you maybe would do it differently now. You can go ahead and offer nutrition tips. You can do workout tips. You can go and offer style tips, parenting tips, activity planning, relaxation tips. Goodness knows every parent needs those, right? Now, your Facebook group, which is obviously what we're all about, your Facebook group, it would then become a place that out of shape, busy mums would see as a godsend where they could all interact and get advice from each other as well as just know that they're not the only mum in the world that wants to go and lock themselves in a room and scream into a pillow at times. <laughs> and it's all because you evolved your message from just talking about the product to talking about the issues that people in your target audience actually want help with. So how do you find out what your target audience actually want? Now, I'd love to say that there was a simple solution, but there's actually no way around it, right? What you're going to have to do is you are going to have to go and do some research. But don't worry, because it's not nearly as painful as it sounds. And while we're on this subject, I'm also going to tackle the other question that pops up pretty much every time we talk about nailing down your niche, which is, you know, what if there's already a ton of people doing what I do? Should I do what I'm doing, or should I go out and find a new niche? And the short answer to that question is no, you shouldn't. As long as you feel that you've got value to add and you can differentiate what you do in some way, then stick with what you're doing. But again, 
this leans on you having a strong message that people can get behind that makes you stand out in the crowd. But you do definitely want there to be a crowd. So just to take you back to the beginning of this episode, do you remember when we started this whole thing and we said that Gary Halbert was saying that the one thing he valued above all else was a starving crowd for his offer? Well, in this day of highly competitive online selling and all the marketing that you see out there, there are basically few, if any, good-sized starving crowds left that aren't being pursued by a ton of marketers. Now, the good news is most of them are really, really bad at marketing. Most of them absolutely suck. And we say, thank goodness that that's the case. Um, because most people are out there, you know, waving their company banner or listing the ingredients of their latest doodad, just hoping and praying that somebody bites, that somebody stops and listens and somebody goes ahead and buys whatever it is that they're promoting. There are very few that are well-versed in what their audience actually wants and focuses their messaging on how to solve that problem that their market's struggling with, okay? Very few people doing that. You could probably go on the internet now and really struggle to find anyone that's got their messaging dialed into that level. So I want you to imagine for a moment that the internet was a river, and it's a river that flows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. And all the traffic in the world is already flowing in that river. Now, our job as marketers isn't to go ahead and try to create a new river. Okay, our job as a marketer is to find out where that river is flowing and jump in and get as wet as we can. In other words, we want to find out where our ideal buyers are already spending their money, and we want to go in and divert some of that flow of money in our direction becomes a literal income stream. So in order to do that, we need to know a few things. First of all, we need to get really, really clear on who we are looking to attract and what the issues are that these people are already struggling with. Second, we need to know who is our competition in this niche. Thirdly, we need to know what our competition are doing well that's working because we can go ahead and look and see what they're doing. And fourth, we need to know what they're doing badly. You know, what do they suck at? What could we be doing so much better than them? So it means doing the dreaded research that we spoke about in order to come up with a plan of action for our business. Now, at this point, many marketers are going to recommend coming up with a huge and detailed customer avatar. At this point, they want you to fill out every possible detail that you can. They're going to ask you, you know, how many kids has your perfect client got and what's the demographic and the psychographic information. And that's absolutely fine if that's the way you like to work. For me, I want to keep this simple, okay? And I would encourage you to do the same. So I'm going to ask you to answer just two questions, okay, at this point. One, who can you help? Who is it that you're looking for that you can actually help, that you can get a result for? And two, what do they want and why do they want it? Okay, right. I know that's technically three questions, but anyway, it's all part of the same thing. What do they want and why do they want it? Because what we are there to do is to help our target market to get what they want. So as an example, let's say 
you want to look for people who've bought a puppy during lockdown. Lots of them at the moment. And I have to say that falls fairly and squarely inside the impulse buy category, in my opinion. Don't kill me. Love dogs. But anybody buying a dog in lockdown probably did it as an impulse. But now they're struggling. Okay, so you don't need to know everything about them at this point. How old they are, their income bracket and all that stuff. It's all going to be pretty varied. And to be honest, it's going to be somewhat irrelevant for this exercise. What we do know is they've got a puppy and they're struggling. So what do they want and why do they want it? Well, likely they want to be able to stop the puppy from chewing their house to splinters now that they're back at work. So that's a physical or a psychological pain. You know, they want the dog to come back when they go over the park and they call it and it doesn't come back. They want the dog to come back so that they look like a really good dog owner instead of some beetroot-faced maniac shouting at a puppy in the park. <laughs> so they want to elevate their status by coming across as good dog owners. You know, you know, we're really good dog owners. Look how clever we are and look how well-behaved our dog is. That's a status thing for dog owners. And they want to be able to take the puppy out with them and have it trained so that it doesn't like freak out and run away or it doesn't start destroying other people's places. And that is going to make their life simpler. And we could go on and on. We could go on for days, right? But if you'd like some resources to see what people are asking for help with around your given area of expertise, I want to give you a couple of great resources to get you started. Now, the first place I would encourage you to check out is a website called BuzzSumo, or one word, Buzz Sumo, and I'll leave a link somewhere below this this podcast so you can go ahead and check that out. And what you can do is you can go in and type in any particular search search term, and what Buzz Sumo will do is it will bring up articles that have been shared on social media in order of how many times they've been shared and interacted with. So you can really get a flavour of what people are talking about, what questions they're asking, and the sort of thing that you can go in and create content around and answer for your target audience. Another great resource is a website called answerthepublic.com. Again, I'll leave a link somewhere around this episode so you can go ahead and just check that out. But again, similar concept. If you go into answerthepublic.com and type in a search term, you will get hundreds of suggestions based on what people have asked that search engine that they want to know about any given subject. Now, I use puppy training as a, a little bit of an example here. Um, and basically, I went in and did a search term on Answer the Public, and it brought up like, well, I don't know, thousands of thousands of different things that we could go in and research and come up with content around to share with our target audience if that's the market we're in. Now, obviously, you can do that around any topic, any search term to go in and do the research that you need to do to know exactly what your target audience are looking for what they're looking to solve, what problems are they having, and where do they need help. Now, another great strategy, and this has worked very, very well for us, is to physically interview members of your existing audience if you've already got one. Now, if you haven't, don't worry. You can just go in and, and check out the websites and you'll get a lot of great insight. But if you've got an audience already, I would definitely recommend going in and asking some of the standout members of your audience if you could jump on a Zoom call and interview them. So what I did when we were getting started is I reached out to probably about a half a dozen really engaged members. And I basically said, you know, would it be okay to hop on a Zoom call, get on a Zoom call with me? And what we'll do is I'll give you 20 minutes of free coaching 
where you can ask me absolutely anything if I can have 20 minutes to pick your brain. And I have to say, absolutely nobody said no. Nobody refused. But what I would do is I would get on the call and I would ask them questions like, you know, what was the main problem you were looking to solve when you joined our Facebook group? You know, what's helped you the most to solve that problem? What do you feel is the main thing holding you back from getting the thing that you want? You know, what do you think we could do better? And what do you love most about the Facebook group? And this is the big one that makes a lot of people stop and think, but it's really good insight is I would ask them if you could have absolutely anything, you know, like perfect case scenario, dream scenario, if you could have absolutely anything to help you to do what you want to do and get the thing that you want to get, what would that look like? And it gave us a ton of information about what our audience was struggling with and what they would want in a real world sense. And it also, by extension, gave us insight to the kind of language that our audience were, you know, actually using in real world terms. So what we could do then is tune our messaging into their frequency even more. Now, use whatever methods suit you best, but you'll need to get a good understanding of who you're looking to serve and what you need to create in order to serve them effectively. If you're not talking about the thing your audience want when they first discover you, there's a very good chance you're going to get ignored. So we need to know what that looks like. Next, we also need to know what else is out there. So we need to see who our competition is. And honestly, do a little bit of snooping and go out and see what they're doing. And there are two surefire ways to do this. Number one is to basically turn to our old friend Google and just pop onto google.com and type in the terms that you think your ideal audience would be looking for. And then A, you can see what suggestions Google throws up in the search box as you're typing. And, you know, these will be all questions that have been asked very recently of Google. So if you go in and type in something like, you know, how to lose weight, Google will give you suggestions that people have already entered, like how to lose weight in three weeks, how to lose weight on your face, how to lose weight on your thighs. It will kind of finish the sentence for you. And that can be great insight as to what people are looking for around your target market. So see what suggestions Google throws up and make a list of content that you could create that could help your target market to get exactly the answers they're looking for. And also, once you're on Google, put that search term in and then go ahead and check out the top sites that are listed and look at how they're structured. So when you get the search engine results back, just take a look at who's coming up top. What are they doing well? Have a look at the language that they're using on their website. Check out things like what their offer looks like. You know, is there an offer on their front page? How are they leading people to that offer? Are they using lead magnets? Have they got a lead magnet to tempt people onto their email list? If they do have one, is it a good looking lead magnet? You know, would you sign up for it? Or is it maybe not so good? You know, if they've got an, an email opt-in, I would definitely recommend jumping on it and just checking out what they do with their list. Once you get onto their email campaigns, what kind of emails are they sending out? You know, when are they making their offers? What kind of offers are they? How much value are they providing? You know, you're going to want to arm yourself with as much information about what these sites are doing as possible. Now, I do want to add a little, little note here. 
I am in no way endorsing copying anyone's content to try to pass their ideas or their content off as yours. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying go out and copy people. I'm not saying go and steal their content or anything like that. But what I am saying is go out and do the recon of your competition to look for areas that you could improve on to give you the edge in your marketing. Now, the second way to see what's working for our competition in our particular niche is to check out who's running ads. Now, we want there to be ads, right? Because if people are running ads in your niche, it means there's already money being spent there. Ads are expensive. And if they just aren't fruitful, if they're not giving that person a return, then the people running those ads would stop, basically, right? They're not going to throw money at it if it's not giving them a return. So again, what we can do is we can go and check to see the results that Google returns for us when we put in a search term. So the results at the top of any Google search are very likely ads. And you'll know they're an ad because they'll have in little small letters the word ad next to it on the left. Um, that's a great way to go out and see who's running ads just on Google that way. But next, what we're going to do to take it even a step further is we're going to go over to Facebook to see who's running ads to what over there. And to do this, what you'll need to do is go to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash ads forward slash library. And again, I'll put the link below this particular episode. So you haven't got to go looking for it. You could just click on that link. But basically, this is the ads library for Facebook. So what we're able to do is basically go in, enter our search term, and Facebook will tell us who's running ads. It will bring up all the ads that are running around that particular term inside the territory that we select. So what you need to do is go in and select what area you want to look at. Maybe it's the UK or the US or whatever other country you want to check out. Just select all ads from the drop down menu, hit search, and it will bring up a list of all the ads that are running at that particular time. So you can go ahead and check out exactly, you know, what language people are using, what angles they're using for their ads, where they're leading to. All those details are laid out for us to go out and check, you know, at will. And I did this um, a short while ago. I, again, I used puppy training as an example. And Facebook returned around 1,500 ads on that one search. Now, obviously, I, I can't show you that because this is a podcast. <laughs> but you can definitely do your own search. And then you can go in and see exactly the type of marketing messages that are being used. Like I say, where people are being sent to from the ads, how many ads and creatives are being used for whatever ad, the language, the vibe, and all the techniques, basically the strategies that your competition are employing. Now, this should give us plenty of ideas on what we could and should be doing to target our ideal clients and customers based on what's already working for others, as well as what our group members have already told us that they want. So now that we've done all of that, we're going to twist the knife just a little bit. <laughs> It sounds mean to say like that, doesn't it? But we're going to twist the knife just a little bit because there are basically two motivators in life. And it is absolutely 100% true of marketing. There is basically the carrot and then there's the stick, right? In other words, people are motivated to either move toward pleasure or move away from pain. 
it's a simple matter of fact that, you know, of these two motivators, the stick is the far greater persuader. Um, and this is exactly why most people will do, you know, the bare minimum. They'll just do just enough to kind of get by. They'll never do what it takes to make their dreams and their desires a reality. Whereas conversely, if something's torturing someone, they'll do absolutely anything to make that stop. Right, so pain is always the greater of the motivators when it comes to pain or pleasure. So with that in mind, it's a good idea to do just a little bit of gentle knife twisting and cause just a little bit of pain. <laughs> in a nice way though, okay? Because we know it's in our prospect's best interest. We don't, we don't want to be mean. But the way we do this is we shine a light on what it's costing our ideal buyers not to have the thing they want right now. For example, if you know you've got an offer that could see your prospects generating 10 leads a day, let's say, well, every month that goes by, they just missed out on 300 potential leads. And if they wait a year, that's 3,600 leads that they could have potentially been promoting offers to over and over again to make more sales. So in order to make your message even more compelling, ask yourself this, what is it costing your clients right now to not have the result that you can provide them with? And how can you communicate that in a way that motivates them to take action now? Like I say, be gentle though. We don't want our audience to think that we're using any kind of bullying tactics to force them to buy. That's definitely not what we want them to do. You know, we want to come over as more like a, a concerned friend who's kind of saying to their mate, look, you know, come on, take your medicine. You know, how, how else are you going to ever expect to get better if you don't take your medicine? You know, you don't, you don't want to be ill, do you? So we want to do it in a gentle and a loving way, but we want to encourage them to take action now. And doing this can add a ton of extra weight to your message and make it more compelling for your audience. So I know I've thrown a lot at you. Let's have a little bit of a recap, shall we? So we've highlighted the need to clarify exactly what our niche is and how important it is to have a compelling big idea for people to rally behind and really get behind to support you. And they will, as well as how to research what others are doing inside our niche to help us come up with a ton of content and marketing ideas. So how does this all come together? Well, Probably one of the most asked questions that we get is, how can I make more sales? And it's a completely understandable question. Now, the thing is that most people think that making sales comes down to doing one of two things better. They think that either there's some like deep, dark secret that the gurus aren't telling them and once they just learn what that secret is, you know, money's going to rain down from the skies and champagne's going to flow like water. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, there is no secret and there never has been. It's a fallacy. It's all a ruse to keep you stuck and keep you buying course after course after course. Secondly, People generally think that they just need to get their product in front of enough people to be successful, right? It's all about numbers. It's all about showing what they've got to more people. And I'm here to tell you that that is flawed thinking. You know, if you show your product to 100 people and those 100 people don't buy anything from you, is it logical then to expect different results if you show that thing to 1,000 people? 
You know, the problem isn't that you're not showing your product to enough people. It's just that the people don't have a relationship with you yet, and they don't view you as the go-to person to help them to get what they want. Not yet, anyway. You know, there's very little of that know, like, and trust going on. The best way to generate massive amounts of credibility, as well as a strong relationship with your tribe, is to invite them into a Facebook group. Now, if you practice adding value to your tribe, as well as mentioning your big idea and how you can help them get the thing that they want, and mentioning it often, sales will follow. So to wrap this episode up, I'm, I'm going to implore you to take some time to really dig into your niche and your messaging and make it the backbone of what you do online. Build a tribe around it. Add a ton of value by creating helpful content that positions you as an expert and the go-to person who can show them how to get what they want and make offers to your tribe that will help to get them there faster with less stress. Okay, so been talking for a while now. I know this was a longish episode. Others won't be quite so long in future, but you know, this is a big topic and I really wanted to dig into it. And I hope you got value from this particular piece of content. Now, if you're still here, like I say, it's been a bit of a longer ride, but thank you so much for sticking with me. I am Steve Haradine, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Tribe Geeks podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by the Tribe Geeks Academy. If you're an online expert or a home business owner and you're looking to build your tribe, then we've got everything you need. We'll show you how to harness your message so your audience know exactly how you can help them. We'll show you how to build a huge warm audience that recognize you as the go-to person in your niche. And we'll show you how to tie it all together using systems and strategies without the confusing technobabble. Bottom line, we'll show you how to leverage the power of Facebook and groups to make more impact and more sales. Want to know more? Head on over to tribegeeksacademy.com and let us help you get your business on the map. I'll see you over there.